Hey, good people, and welcome to the first episode of Goody Giving Game, the podcast, where I'm recapping the highlights of the sports week, giving y'all the game and the ins and outs about how I feel what happened this week in sports. So I got to start locally first. Tuesday night, the NorCal championship was wrapped up by no other than Sheldon High School. They won 57-48 to over Modesto Christian. Now, these two teams have been battling for a couple of years now. Sheldon took away the section championship. They broke their heart again this year in the section championship. And they defeated them again in the NorCal title. They had three guys rack in for double digits. Justin Nguyen was the leading scorer with 18 points. Cato Williams had a multitude of assets that helped the Sheldon Huskies win um, with 10 points, a couple steals, a couple, couple uh, crucial, crucial blocks. And he was dropping dimes out there. Um, we had the second game return for Marvin Bagley. Yes, the little brother to Marcus Bagley of the Sacramento Kings. He dropped in 10 points after his return from the back injury. Now, he didn't play in the first matchup against Modesto Christian in the section championship, so I know that was a benefit to the Huskies. But in that game, Modesto Christian had a 16-point lead over the Huskies, and the Huskies were still able to prevail. This year, we're having another rematch in the open division of the state California Championships. Sierra Canyon is going to be taking on our Huskies. Yes, I say our Huskies at the Golden One, the big house. Now, I don't know if anybody listening to me knows about Sierra Canyon, but they have the former NBA stars, sons of Scottie Pippen and Kenyon Martin, and these kids can play. The the I will commend this generation of Hoopers in the prior generation. They have really worked with their kids and got them pretty good. And Lil Pippen and Lil Martin can play. We just flat out. And that would be why Sierra Canyon is the returning, reigning state champions. So, and last year, they, they defeated the Huskies. Man, I was rooting for them last year. So hopefully this year, the Huskies can take away the victory. If you're not doing anything, slide up to Golden 1 Saturday night at 8 o'clock. That's when that game is tipping off. If you are not in the surrounding areas, make sure y'all tap into NFHS.com. They are definitely going to have the game. You're going to play a fee, but I promise you it's going to be worth it. And then that gives you access to watch other dope games that's going on around the country. All right? There was little news in the NFL talk, but two guys stood out. First for me, Kyler Murray. Man, some guy, some some trash dude then came out talking about now there's new questions on Kyler Murray's intelligence, work ethic, even questioning his leadership. Man, I, I don't even have to go to details on that and how untrue that is. But... If you've watched any TV or any sports news, you already heard Stephen A. Smith bash, bruh. Like, Stephen A. Smith, like, he he went in on, bruh. I can't even lie. And for valid reasons. Because we as a culture, we have to stand up for black excellence. Stephen A. Smith is a great guy to stand up for that. 
I think I'm a great person to stand up for that. Because Kyler Murray has not one speck on his reputation. He has met and exceeded the expectations of Oklahoma, probably of himself, probably of his high school, probably of every person that knew him. Because you always have goals that you want to obtain. But when you supersede them to becoming, you know, something near legendary, what he's done in Oklahoma, becoming a Heisman Trophy winner. I don't know any Heisman Trophy winners that's struggling. He's going to be the number one pick. Obviously, he's going to have to develop an NFL career, but he's always going to be Kyler Murray, the Heisman Trophy winner. Big numbers, amazing season with Oklahoma. You know, any type of speculation that you have about this guy is is truly not not deserving to throw it at him because I think he's met the expectation. But this goes back to this whole generalization of what media wants us to feel about black men. Isn't it just so coincidental that this information came out at this time? You know what I'm saying? Like, isn't it just so ironic? Because there hasn't been not one negative. I haven't heard one negative thing about this young man. And I'm not going to say I watched every one of his games. I'm not going to say, you know what I'm saying? Everybody knows who he is. I think he spoke very well at at the Heisman acceptance. And I felt like he deserved it. But, like, black excellence exists. And it has nothing to even really do with being black. But just like there are excellent humans in the world who actually strive to be better. To walk the walk and talk to talk. And I think Kyler Murray has done that. So I'm not going to get too deep. I mean, this is, you know, this is just what they do. But um, super not true. Super, you know, not factual. But it made the headlines. So good, you got to talk about it. On the other side of the NFL, though, you know who we are talking about. And that's Antonio Brown. Man, my dude, A.B., he is pushing and keeping it kicking. And there's been a lot of talk about him this week because the deadline is coming up on the Steelers. You know, they're not about to pay this man to not play. So we all know that he's not going to be a Steeler, and it's going to be happening very soon. It's funny how, though, too, again, how the media likes to depict black men. Before this year, I never knew any one bad, bad thing or felt like any type of way towards Antonio Brown. I thought he was excellent. I loved all the opportunities I got to have him when I played fantasy football. Oh, my God, to get A.B. Like, you map out to get A.B. Numbers and stats don't lie. He's handled business. He's accomplished things. He's overcame things. He's made it, you know. He has to get over to that hunt. But he's done it. He said that himself. But it's funny, like, I saw him on LeBron's show, The Shop, and I saw him talking, and I was like, okay. I like it. I I like the NFL guys taking their helmets off and, and talking and showing us something. And a lot of people don't like it. But it's like, why, because they have an opinion, does that distract them from their professional? I mean, if you look at any job search or, like, how to have job search etiquette, 
you control what type of career or company you want to work for. And if it's not working, then you should probably search for another job. And that's just where he's at. And he's marketing himself. I I wonder if people would feel different, like, if his agent was saying all these things. And, like, recording videos of him and, like, posting. Would it be the same response? Probably not. Probably not the negative part. Or probably like, oh, they're they're doing extra. They're trying to do too much. I think AB is cool. I think he's he's one hundred percent right. He he's solid. I hope he's investing and has put his money up and stacked. He seems like an intelligent brother. But I look at him and I see him like your average uncle. Like sometimes they're gonna say some things. That doesn't mean they're still not great. <laughs> but in his profession, I mean. When you voice your opinion, and if it's against the pros, then it usually doesn't go well. But this week, too, has been on the spotlight in Antonio Brown because they're talking about he might end up with the Packers. Now, I'm going to let it be known that I'm a Cowboy fan. I'm not your typical Cowboy fan. That will be developed over time as you listen to this podcast. But growing up in the 90s, you had an admiration for the backers. I mean, I can't say I don't love Brett Favre. Brett Favre made me like, oh, the Packers are pretty cool. They're like that cousin that you visit like during Thanksgiving. It's, it's at their family's house, and you got to go up to Green Bay, and you're going to visit them, and it's super cool. You think they're super, like nostalgic <laughs> almost you know what I'm saying but um you you like the Packers there's nothing wrong with the Packers and then I think they still Aaron Rodgers just took on that Brett Favre swag and it's just like perfect for the, the Packers so AB with the Packers could be a revitalization of both those careers those two together man Sugar and spice and everything nice. You know what I'm saying? Like, man, like, those two together make an amazing combination. And I would like to see A.B. get all his money and get his stuff. You know, I mean, it's going to be probably weird or a janky deal, but I hope A.B. is working behind the scenes and his team is working and possibly could work that out. Hopefully over the weekend or before the next time I talk to you all, we will have some more updates about what's popping with your boy Antonio Brown. You know what I'm saying? Cause I want I want good things to happen for him. Regardless of what people say. Now, you know it's March and it's the beginning of March, which means it's March Madness. Yes, it's March Madness. And this is the best time of the year. Flat out. Best time of the year. And it's so good because, like, this is where I get into overdrive. Like, when your life is entirely built around sports, it is a lot to balance. You got to own some stuff and start mastering some stuff. But it's like high school basketball is kind of coming to an end and just finishing. It'll be over tomorrow. So finishing that part of my life. And then now reintroducing myself to the NBA because I'm not watching all 82 games. Because these dudes don't be playing like that, okay? 
And I'll go into a little bit more of that, but I start watching the NBA around March. Of course, I watch the traditional opening season games. I watch some competitive games in the beginning. Um, I watch Christmas. Who don't watch basketball on Christmas? I watch um, All-Star, of course. And then I start watching around March, right after All-Star. Trades are made. Injuries are revitalized or not. Updates. And now people got to play. Just like March Madness. As in, it is championship week, is what they call it. Where everybody is going into their conference tournament. And... It's getting, it's getting tight, man. These teams are really out here battling. And it's always interesting after the tournaments, the conference tournaments, because then you'll see some sleepers, some teams, you know, the predicted number ones don't always take it. Um, it can be shakeups, and this is really your birth into the sweet, into the big dance. So when you're trying to get into the big dance, you got to win your tournament. And hence the saying, championship week. It was a lot of senior nights. Man, it was a lot of emotion. Man, it was a lot of senior nights. It was a lot of big-time names that I was like, man, these kids are gone. You know, a few from UConn, Notre Dame, Mississippi State. I'm feeling like I'm, I'm becoming closer and closer with Mississippi State every year. I'm like, man... She's already done, and South Carolina's losing a few, and Louisville. I mean, every big-time school at this time is losing their big-time star. That's a senior. And it's always tough. Um, On the women's side, it's really just like, to me, I'm always happy senior night because it's like, man, I can get ready for the WNBA draft, which is in April. Pay attention. Uh, man, these these talents that roll over to the WNBA are so good and so amazing. And on this podcast, we are always going to support the WNBA and keep people factual and updated about what's going on in the WNBA world. It's actually 78 days to their opening tip-off, which is on May 24th, 2019. So, man, it's going to get spicy in this tournament time. And you start seeing players, like, stand out for their team. Particularly on the boys' side, somebody that had a big-time week, everybody was talking about, who I kind of give him his own segment more than, like, what happened this week with him, Um, but Taco Fall. And I may be late on this guy, but I'm like, man, this guy has a lot of potential. His upside is so bright. And then it's like when you hear amazing stories, it just melts your heart and it makes you want to support the guy even more. Um, His mom hadn't seen him in seven years. She was in town in Florida, by the way. Like, who doesn't want to go to Central Florida (laughs) to see their son? I guess that's beautiful. Um, And she came out like a queen, baby. She came out like a queen. I loved her ensemble. It was beautiful, traditional um, garments. It was amazing hat-matching outfit. Oh, it was it was beautiful. She was teary-eyed the whole night. He played a good game last night against Cincinnati, the number 20 team in the nation right now. Um, and all talks were around him and about him and seeing his mom and the emotion. And, you know, those are the reasons why you love America. 
you know, the better opportunities, the people that sacrifice and make decisions to live the American dream and make it better for their family. So I hope this kid really is successful. And what I've seen from him, I'm like, man, he's consistent. When he gets some weight on him, if he gets in a good program, he's going to be solid. I know the NBA is waiting for him. I'm also got to catch him earlier in the week against Houston, the number 12 team in the nation, and UCF UCF handled him. Competitive games, though. These are the type of games I like to watch. Like, I can talk about all of the, like, the national and the big time when they get an opportunity. When it's their week, it'll be their week. But I thought UCF stood out. And they're the number 25 team in the nation right now. So, on top of the fact that they are growing right in peak season, it's so important. Watch out for UCF in time. Also, another interesting game I caught this week was the Ole Miss at Kentucky matchup. Man, the Kentucky Wildcats men are a battle-tested crew. I I can't wait to see them in the dance. Like, I think they're going to get a number two seed. Off wrap. I think they'll get a number two seed. Even whatever they do in their conference tournament, I think they'll get a number two seed. But watching them at Ole Miss was like, man. I think this was Ole Miss's senior night. Ole Miss has a really good team. Watch out for them. Hopefully they'll get a bit. I think they're in the race. But Ole Miss played really well. But Kentucky battled, handled business, and fought back. And I know a lot of conversation happened this week with Coach Calipari's comments about holding his players accountable with tough love. And it it was so, like, perfect for the timing, for the moment. Um, with the highlight of, like, March Madness, this is where you really see coaches and their greatness, their ability to be media masters and take advantage of their opportunities, you know? He was just like, I got to hold these dudes accountable. And if they're not meeting expectations, tell them. And when they are, love them. And love them throughout it all. Like, I'm not telling you this because I don't love you. I'm telling this, telling you this because I do love you. And it was crazy to see the responses on, like, social media from, like, the parents' perspective. Because a lot of these parents, they kill me with the, like, oh, don't say anything to my baby. And, oh, don't do this to my baby. When it's like, come on. I'm just a coach trying to hold them accountable. And when they're not meeting expectations, I have to tell them. Just like when you're parenting them and they're not meeting your expectations, you tell them. Flat out. But when the coach tells them, oh, you're in your feelings. Oh, when the teacher tells them, oh, you're in. uh, Man, come on, we got to cut it out. And I think Coach Cal is the perfect person to speak on it. Because he has shown the ability to adapt and I like it. That's that's pretty much been his motto for years. That's his philosophy. Adapt. These kids are trying to get paid. They're trying to get their money. They, we hold them back. Let's move it. Let's get to it. Let's get to this bag. I support Coach Cal. A lot of people don't like his philosophies. I think he is an outstanding coach. And he is right. Man to man, I got to hold you accountable. If I am a strong man and I'm coaching women... I got to hold you accountable so you can be a strong young lady. 
from a woman, of course I want to hold you accountable. Because I want you to be a strong young woman. But when coaches start holding these kids accountable, people start getting in their feelings. Flat out. I'm just saying. And I loved, again, I loved that Calipari said that. Period. And I got to give Kentucky some love for pulling it out because my mom is a Kentucky fan. So, unfortunately, I will have to sometimes hype Kentucky because I know she's a Kentucky fan. I don't know how that worked out, but she rocks with Kentucky. On the other side, I don't know if you guys saw it or not, but Nevada had an incident at Utah State. And everybody, I think, saw the videos. It's not really hyped up no more. It's like dead. Like, they killed it really quick. Shout out to Utah State for handling it really quick. Whoever their PR guy is, give him a bonus at Christmas time. Because that guy handled it. But it was, like, pretty much, like, Nevada lost. Utah State's fans, students, rushed the court. Which they should. At this time, it's, like, court rushing time. You know what I'm saying? For college kids. And there were some safety issues with Nevada players and their coaching staff. So it's like, you know, it's that always one guy that like has the camera and it's only their perspective. And it was like Nevada was going buck, bro. I mean, Nevada was going buck. They was not witty, which I understand too. Like, yeah, we just lost. I understand y'all celebrating, but don't disrespect my space. Keep my space. Respect it. And there were some issues that Nevada felt like it wasn't. Now, Utah State, you got to do better. Man, you just got to gotta plan for situations like this. I mean, I don't know if it was a lack of belief in your team or what, but even with that being said, like, you knew you had a sold-out arena. You knew it was wide out. I think it was senior night. I mean, you know, it's just a time where you just don't not plan for stuff. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, you had a couple more weeks or a week to finish out at home. Everywhere else, you guys are going to venues and stadiums. So, just be on the lookout for this one. Um, but shouts out to them for handling it. The Nevada coach was super dope about it. He's been all over ESPN, just how they handle it. Obviously, Nevada's a good team. They're going to make the tournament. Wish both teams luck in their Mountain West tournament championships. It's going to be interesting how that Mountain West pulls off. I'm going to be keeping a keeping an interesting buzz on that crew over there. Now, while we're talking about final weeks, and this is one of, like, the latest matchups that these two teams have had. But it's rivalry week. Rivalry weekend. And, yes, my Duke Blue Devils are going to play North Carolina. And, man, the last time Duke played North Carolina, <laughs> it was not pretty. Zion went out in 30 seconds. 30 seconds flat. I mean, shoe busted. And I'm and I'm going to talk about that in a little bit. But, 
But it was just craziness. And I think it just put everybody in shock. In, except North Carolina. And North Carolina tapped into our shit. Like, it was crazy. It was crazy. It was like, even being a Duke fan, I was like, they are crushing us. They are crushing us. So this is going to be the rematch. Again, without Zion. And it's a two... It's a 3-4 matchup, excuse me. So, you know, it's TV eats up Duke, North Carolina. And it's going to be a special night. I think it's senior night for North Carolina, so it's going to be emotional. They're going to be playing big-time basketball, as my guy Jimmy V would say. Playing big-time basketball. <laughs> okay, I, I don't expect anything other then North Carolina and Roy Williams coming out to get off in it. But at the same time, I need Duke to respond. So if you tap into this podcast, please tag people from Duke men's basketball. Tap them in with this podcast, okay? Because this, this is a direct message to them. Y'all got this, bro. You know what I'm saying? Sometimes you need to hear people just say you got this. And the unsung hero for me tonight, uh, tomorrow night, is Trey Jones, bro. If you if you hear this podcast, ball out. Like when he signed the Duke, I was like, man, we got somebody that can run the show. Somebody, I'm like, this dude, I like it, and I I see I see it when I watch it, man. I see a little bit of hesitation in you, bro. But like. Whatever's going on, whatever, like, pressure you felt, whatever, like, wasn't coming your way because there's so many stars over there. Whatever's going on, block that out. You got to handle business. We playing North Carolina at North Carolina. And I believe in you, bro. Goody believes in you, period. I want you to do your thing. And I know all the haters y'all probably hating. Y'all hating because y'all ain't Duke fans. And y'all got whatever y'all got to say about Trey Jones. But... I think he could be the difference maker because we already know what Barrett going to bring. Y'all already know what the crew going to bring. Y'all already know what the package is. But people sleeping on Trey Jones. Man, Trey Jones ball out. Because I ain't going to say I just hate North Carolina being a Duke fan. I actually love them because then we have this type of rivalry. It is so, so significant to college basketball. Like, these kids be wilding out. Like, I know that's on my bucket list. To either get to a Duke game in Cameron Indoor or get to a Duke North Carolina game. I mean, I'll die and go to heaven if that happened. After, I think, the Duke North Carolina game, Michigan State and Michigan is going to be playing. And, man, this is one team where I really – this is one time, like, I really want to see these two teams play against each other. This weekend, it's going to be lit, you know, catch me watching the game with my feet up because both teams, North Carolina and Michigan, went on the road and beat these teams, okay? These aren't easy arenas to win in, especially against your rival. So there's a lot coming in. There's a lot on the minds of the people that lost, Duke and Michigan State. Oh, and it's perfect, too, because I, I love Coach Izzo. His team's going to be tough. That's going to be a tough game. And then, you know, 
Who doesn't like Coach K? I mean, it's just like, I think his ability, though, right now to find who else can be a spark. Who is Whose ear is he getting in? Is he talking to the regular guys or is he talking to this one guy that he's been, like, working with? Like, this is your time to shine. Because it's always that one X factor that can be the difference in the game. Playing a solid game, playing a steady game, playing a defensive minor game, having their edge of what they bring. If you can execute that, you're going to have a lot. But we're going to have a lot on our hands. I, I can't say that we're not. Our inside presence is just nothing without Zion. It's, it's ridiculous to even say. Like, North Carolina owned us. I think in the first game they had, like, almost 50 points in the key. <laughs> like, it was crazy. It was some plays when I was watching where I was like, oh, my God. I just shook my head. Like, what is really going on? We regrouped. We had moments. We had runs. But, I mean, that's what the game of basketball is about, peaks and valleys. But North Carolina dominated the game, particularly inside. So, Saturday night, catch that matchup. It's going to be it's gonna be intense, man. I, I'm super excited. But then there's also this, like, speculation and conversation, which is a good bridge, good start, good bridge um, to the NBA. But there's all this conversation about Zion. Not a lot this week. I mean, we obviously knew that he wasn't playing against North Carolina. I mean, it makes no sense. Honestly, like, it makes no sense for him to play tomorrow night. We just knew that wasn't happening. But at the same time, it's like you can't sit out all season. Injuries is a part of the game. You're not losing no stock value. When you play thinking about the injury, that's when you start increasing your chances of being injured. But, like, rehab, you're at Duke. Bro, you're getting the finest, the best, top notch. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? Like, people, Peyton Manning went to Duke to get his back together. Bro, come on now. You got the finest of the best doctors around you. It was so ironic talking about the North Carolina Duke game. When he got injured, this was stood out to me. His whole family was in the locker room. Whole family? I know he ain't from North Carolina. Come on now, bro. <laughs> his whole family was back there game planning, consulting, talking to him in his ear. Hey, what's popping? What's good? What's going on? <laughs> so I knew he was cool. You got your whole family in there. Mom, pop, sis. You know what I'm saying, bro? You, you doing your thing. Fando, cousins. You Gucci. You know what I'm saying? You ain't had no issues. But to sit out, that can't be an option. You got to be rehabbing. You got to be game planning. You went to college for a reason. That's what you said. So do your thing. Get right. Get healthy. Um, I would not, you know, object against him sitting out maybe even the conference tournament. You know, you don't want to bring him in too early. I mean, you might want to play him sparing minutes. However it works, you know, maybe later in the tournament, potentially how it works out. But don't stress it, but don't sit out for the whole season. Because the rest of the season. That's just injuries happen, bro. Injuries happen, and you're still Zion Williams. You still don't get your bucks, bro. You're young. Are you even 19 years old? You're a baby. You're going to be around the best of the best. And anybody's like that's questioning if he should be winning Wooden Awards and all that, man, he's the best 
specimen on the college level. Facts. Facts. And now it's even more compelling to that belief that he should get these awards because look at the significant drop his absence has shown us. And that's another thing, and I'm not knocking Coach K, but this is an objective point of view. This is an objective podcast, okay? Coach K is an amazing coach. But sometimes you can't coach talent. A lot of their plays are like, y'all, yeah, hey. You know what I'm saying? The coach's mindset are like, it's cool. And, I mean, he's coached USA teams, Olympic teams. He's, he's done it. So he's had he knows how to relax. I'm not saying that. But a lot of the times he him and his crew is not on their strategic game plan and really tight. They probably fine tuning right now. They're fine tuning right now. They're tightening the ship up. Watch you know, I always like to say watch the coaching adjustments. And I'm gonna keep saying that. Watch the coaches adjustments. Watch how Coach K coaches against North Carolina from the first gonna be a lot of differences see his coaching he went from yeah we chilling obama at the game zion 360 windmill to oh oh game plan strategies pull him out and i'm not saying he like actually did that but he probably wasn't thinking the plan in that he wasn't he wasn't going to plan b we've been working for plan a all week Plan b works i mean it usually has to go into plan b um later in the game or even a plan B of not having this piece, which we haven't worked without Zion. They've had a couple of weeks to work without him. So I think he's going to make a lot of coaching adjustments in the crew that supports him because it's not just the coach. But um, Zion, get healthy, get right. The bag is going to be there, bro. And I can't wait to see his shoe deal. Now, can I say this on my first podcast? Because I, I know this wasn't last week, but, bro, how big are you? How strong are you? How powerful are you? And I love I, I love your concept. Use your concept as far as needing a light shoe, but with durability. Because you want to jump, you want to fly, you want to spring, you want to slash, you want to... That's what you're great at. Right, Zion? You know, but... Them PGs, boy... Them PGs look like they was about to bust. Because you know it ain't no athlete that's coming out with fresh new kicks. Not a baller. Bro, you coming in with your trustees. That's broke in, comfortable. They looked broke in. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I'm not going to say they were stupid old or nothing like that. But, like, they they look like, okay, yeah, I got some bounce in there. I got some springies in these. You know what I'm saying? That boy put all that power and that strength into that shoe. That thing buckled. You know what I'm saying? And because the shoe is made for Paul George, who's light, limber, guard-like. Not as heavy, slasher, you know, put the ball on the deck. You know, I ain't going to spice him up too much. But, yeah, the shoe is made for a different type of athlete. So, I just know whoever you sign with, whoever you get that bag from, bro, make sure they can make your shoe like you want it. Because now you are in total demand. You are in total demand. I'm not going to say it's the same thing, but it's like almost similarities to, like, what happened with Lonzo. Like, Everybody was saying all that about Lonzo and Lonzo's shoes, but, like, he went into total demand when he became the second pick. And he went to Los Angeles, being from Chino Hills. Man, them kids went out and bought his shoes. And shout-out to all the other people that supported his black business. 
But it's like people went out and got their stuff. Oh, they was big baller, big baller, and big baller still moving. Shout out to big baller. I watch it every Sunday on Facebook. Um, but like it was smart. It was strategic. And this is just like a strategic marketing plan that he needs to use to his advantage. NCAA already got his likeness. He gonna be on every commercial, every man, every NCAA video. Zion gonna be on that thing. So get healthy. Can't wait till this weekend where we will get some interesting matchups. Duke at North Carolina, Michigan State at Michigan. Now, moving on to the close. NBA talk. Now, the biggest highlight of the week was LeBron James passing Michael Jordan for the fourth all-time scorer. And he became the fourth all-time scorer with the Lakers. Now he's behind Kobe. In both factors. So, they say it maps out that he'll pass Kobe by next year if he plays at at the same pace. But, obviously, he's getting older. And he might not be playing at the same place. But a very special moment for LeBron James. I really wish it was, like, a better situation, though. (laughs) Because the Lakers aren't doing well. And, like, the Laker fans are reality TV. It's all staged. It's all gimmicked. You know what I'm saying? Like, not all of it, because no shout-outs, because I love my reality TV binges. But it's like, if it's up and it's good, then they're there and they're supporting. And I'm not saying they're not there and they're not supporting, but, like, they're leaving early. Like, they, they know. It's it's ticking. Like, they hoping that they almost tank. <laughs> it's like, win these six-and-a-half games or tank. So we can get Zion. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Zion and LeBron. You know, it's a fan's fantasy. But I'm super proud of LeBron. You know, it's everybody's dream to pass MJ or be as good as MJ. You know, MJ is the man, period. And I really loved his response, like, after everything. Like, he was emotional on the court. People gave him love. You know, it wasn't like he didn't get no love, but he would have got a different response if he was, like, maybe in Cleveland. Even Miami, with they fair featheredness. Almost Miami and L.A. fans are almost the same. Um, But I loved his response. He was, you know, again, black excellence. He just handles these media things like they're nothing. Like, he handles them like a professional. You know how certain people are, like, born for stuff? LeBron was born for the NBA. He was born for stardom. You could just tell. And, and and the crazy part about it is it's so unfortunate, like, that the cultural aspect of, like, black people and black men, because we don't, we didn't start like that in America, that it's so surprising to people. But some people are just made for it. And even though he comes from Akron, Ohio, the hood, single parent, like, there's still excellence within that. You've always had it. And it might have not been an ideal situation. But look at you. You're LeBron James now. You know what I'm saying? And I and I really liked how he was like, oh, I remember when I couldn't afford Jordans. You know, I remember when I wanted to rock Jordans. I remember wearing Jordans. I remember aspiring to be like him. Everything he's doing is in his path. You know, Space Jam coming out, Space Jam 2 coming out. It's like my son, he conflicted right now. He loved Jordan because he loves Space Jam, but he like, I love LeBron. You know, he be on his LeBron hype all the time. So it's just like it's great to see the two. Like, just hug. It's like that dad that never been there, but he trying to be in your life. He trying to be there for you. 
you give you that hug, that first hug where y'all trying to hug each other. But this is the type of hug where it's like you want to work it out too. And I think LeBron gave him the nod, and then I love that Jordan responded back publicly because he could have he could have just sent him a shot him a text or you know gave him a cool little shout out. But it was big. That was a big moment um, for sure this week in sports. And I just hate that also because when you see greatness, you got to compare greats to greats. You know, as you guys listen to this podcast, you'll see life. I told y'all everything relates to life. And it's just always this competitive competitiveness placed upon black excellence. And then now there's conversation. Who's better, Jordan, Kobe, or LeBron? And, man, they all on Mount Rushmore of greatness. They all up there in the pearly gates of, you know, basketball heavens. Period. Basketball guys sit down, they angels, and they bless us with Kobe, Jordan, and LeBron. Flat out. So... Um, stop all the comparisons, man. Let's just give LeBron James his respect and love. Now, he ain't doing nothing with them Lakers, though. Them Lakers is looking bad. And this is the crazy part. I got such a split house. I'm from Sacramento. My mom loves the Lakers. Loves. She doesn't love the Lakers because of Kobe. Um, No knock. Love you, Kobe. But (laughs) she loves them once they got Shaq. She loves Shaq. Shout out to Shaq, too. Um, She loves Shaq. So she started becoming a Laker fan. And the rest is history. But we from Sac, man. And my son, he wants to cheer for Sacramento so bad. His grandpa got him out here straight up Sacramento Kings fan, cheering for the Kings and the whole deal. So I'm kind of rooting for the Kings to, like, definitely beat out the Lakers, especially with all the history amongst the two teams. Like, it would be great to, like, shut them out with LeBron. So Kings keep it up. Um, And not keeping it up good when you're losing to the Celtics. Celtics was in Sac this week. Um, they're actually on a seven-game winning streak, so they're trying to turn things around. Highlight of the week, obviously, Howard dropped 42 on the Kings. But it was easy for him to do, honestly, because the Celtics still don't have Kyrie. And not saying they can't do it together, but with the absence of Kyrie, the Celtics have emerged and they're looking better. And hopefully Kyrie, while he's injured and rehabbing and getting his stuff together, that he works on his mental health, and he, he's a strong Kyrie. Because when Kyrie's strong, Kyrie's great. So, besides Kyrie, like, spazzing on the media, which happened this week, he got to get healthy. And when he's healthy, he's he's killer. And hopefully he can combine the killer Kyrie with what the Celtics got going on. Um, Kevin Durant kind of made some news this week with his disagreements with Kerr. And it's so funny, like, to see everybody talking about it. I guess everybody got to say their opinion, but it's, like, so funny, like, to see people like, oh, what's going on? And, like, this is not the Warriors' way. Even back in the Baron Davis Warriors. Like, I felt like them dudes was tough. And Matt Barnes, man, them dudes was tough, man. They was confronting each other. Like, bro, what's up? You got a problem, bro? We good? Okay. And that that culture has trans- transcended through generations. And and you see that. I think the Warriors always handle stuff just straight up. It's easier to just be straight up instead of being fake. And, I mean, Kevin Durant, obviously, like, something clicked in his mind. Like, whoa, I thought we was on something different. But maybe that was a wake-up call. You know, Steve Kerr is a mastermind at this. And the one thing they say he's a mastermind of is player relationship. He's out, He has outstanding relationships with his players. 
So I don't think that anything bad is going on with the Warriors. Everybody's like, oh, what's going on with the Warriors, man? They're going to be cool. The Warriors are still one of the strongest teams in the West. They're just going to be battle-tested. And it's not saying that they haven't been battle-tested. They're just going to have to be battle-tested again and do something that no, I don't think no team has went on a four-peat or four in the last five, um, a guaranteed three-peat. So, um, and three is always difficult. Look at the Lakers. Look at the Bulls. Look at the Celtics. Um, there's a lot riding on year three when you're trying to do it. So, there's nothing to worry about. I still Kevin Durant going to do his thing on the court. And I think they'll work it out. Um, they get Clay back coming up. So, I think this weekend or something like that. So, once they get Clay in the mix and everybody just define their role. See, everybody wanted them to just be immediately great. It doesn't happen like that. Um, they got to work things out, work kinks out, and then work rotations. You know, get people's role together. That's a lot of things that have to go on. But uh, no worries. Warriors, they're going to get it together. Um, Giannis had a big-time week, but, again, he's just doing what he does all the time, dunking on people and averaging a double-double. Um, if that kid doesn't win the MVP race, I'm going to have a problem, period. Not to say that James Harden and Paul George are not doing their thing, but Giannis Antetokounmpo is doing his thing. And, and I think his impact and significance is way more for Milwaukee. Way more. Way more valuable. Uh, yesterday, Damian Lillard dropped a 51-piece. Man, Brad out here doing his thing. 51-piece. Damian Lillard, I heard, is in the MVP race, too. So, let's see what Portland stirs up. I know my boy, he loves Portland and Dame Dallas. So, I know Dame going to do his thing. And Dame from Oakland, so that's that's us. That's our baby. That's my cousin. He going to do his thing. Nah. But, um, shout-out to Dame Lillard. It's hard to score big numbers like that. Like, Howard with the 42, 51, like, you putting up big numbers, getting big-time buckets. Um, Other than that, there wasn't much going on in basketball. Obviously, playoff contingents, everybody racing, trying to get in it. I feel like that's another good thing about March is, like, everybody in that spirit, in that mode of competing. You got to compete, get it done, especially on the sports side right now. It's it's winter, go home for everybody, or you're going to have an early summer. Or or a long summer, or a short, you know what I'm saying, or a short summer because you're playing so long. So it's up to you at this point. But it's time to take the power back into your hands. On the other side of the uh, MLB, nothing too much is going on with them. They starting spring training. Shout out to my White Sox. Hope y'all pull it off today against the Angels. I haven't got any updates, but hopefully y'all got that dub. Um, all the sports news too is crazy. There's nothing really going on in, in baseball. Is like. Everybody's in spring training, but they're doing, like, a lot of new technology stuff or new technical stuff um, with the Red Sox. Red Sox won the World Series, and they did a lot of behind-the-scenes with their crew and their staff. So that was pretty dope. Um, Other than that, this weekend, you can catch Goody at Gems in the Gym Spring Showcase. I'm going to be doing a YouTube video of some interviews and some young talent out there at Merritt College with my boy Cameo Williams. Um, So if you guys want to swing by there and see some talent, not recruit AAU talent, but if you want to come out there and just support the babies and see somebody doing good, I mean, Cameo, I've been knowing him since I was a kid, and he's been in sports and helping athletes 
it's really amazing what they do. But um, I'm gonna be dropping a YouTube video of more information about what happens this weekend at that. Also, we're gonna have some updates too on the YouTube channel of some athletes that I want to highlight in Sacramento area that have been doing amazing work. They just been putting in amazing work. Um, and so we're going to be doing some more goody doing goods, highlighting some athletes, giving them some just stuff to reward their excellence. You know what they're doing. Hopefully y'all hear this podcast and y'all will start nominating some more athletes that's just doing good. Like that just need, you know, extra hugs, some extra love, some extra knowledge and some extra wisdom. Um, other than that, that was it for this week. It is going to be a very interesting weekend. I am super excited. Again, this is episode one. I am so happy to finally have my podcast cherry popped. And it was a joy to do. Do not forget to follow me on all social medias. That's YouTube, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, even WordPress, where I express my journalistic talents. At Goody Given Game. That is G-O-O-D-Y-G-I-V-I-N. Game, G-A-M-E. All one word. Don't forget, good people. You are smart. You are strong. And you are beautiful.